Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. It's been another successful week in the Independent Republic. The World Cup got off to a blistering start and Donald Trump solved world peace with just one meeting in Singapore. It's his birthday, by the way, today, so feel free uh, to wish him many happy returns. Meanwhile, back in the real world, I'm still not seeing very many flags flying for England and St George. We'll be finding out why. Michelle Duber is here with me this morning. We're kicking off with the problem of universal credit, a system that isn't delivering what it was supposed to and may never do so. Secretary of State Esther McVeigh has already got a into trouble over food banks. Does anyone really believe she can fix this? 0344 499 1000. Coming up, we'll be meeting the country's sexiest cow and discovering why Boris Becker thinks he deserves diplomatic immunity from his creditors. And as if all that wasn't enough, we'll have yet another sparkling edition of the Perrier Awards and a homage to my brilliance in broadcasting this week. 0344 499 1000. You listen to me, Mike Graham, and Michelle Dubry, right here on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Gina Gina Martin, (laughs) Uh, who is uh, probably a very happy woman today because it looks as though the government is finally going to do something about this craziness, uh, which is known as upskirting. Gina, very good morning to you. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. No, not at all. Um, This I was saying to Michelle earlier in the show last hour that, you know, I I find it very difficult to even contemplate this whole idea of upskirting because I can't imagine what sort of an idiot you would have to be, what sort of a creep you would have to be to even want to do something like this. I know it's a it's a really crazy thing, but it's actually a ridiculously sort of big problem. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think the first time I went through my petition after I started the campaign, uh, there was like three up, up to three hundred and fifty comments of women and girls that it's happened to. So it's right. obviously way bigger than we realise. Sure. And tell us your story, Gina, because obviously it happened to you. And um, what exactly yeah. did happen? So I was at a festival in July last year, British Summertime Festival, um, and I was waiting for the killers to come on stage with my sister. Um, and it was broad daylight, about 35 degrees, just standing there and two guys were sort of hitting on me and I said no multiple times. And um, then I felt one of them brush up against me, thought nothing of it. And then about 10 minutes later, I saw one of them, another one of the guys was on his phone and he'd been sent a picture on WhatsApp of uh, a girl sort of crotch right in between her legs up her skirt. Um, and I just knew it was me straight away. And I could tell that he'd sent it to everyone around me because they were all laughing. So I grabbed the phone ran to the police um, and the police said, oh, there's not much we can do. So I kind of looked into the law and that's when I, when I started campaigning to change it. It's terrible, isn't it? Now, how has your campaign been received? It's been kind of amazing because I think everyone was shocked, obviously, like, you know, I was and like you probably were when you heard that it's not a specific offence. And I got incredible public support and media support early on. And then I um, brought an amazing lawyer on who came on pro bono to to um, become my campaign partner. 
And we went into Parliament. And from the moment we went into Parliament, MPs from every party sort of backed it. And there's not many things they agree on, but this is, this is one of them. And so obviously today, with them officially backing it and, and pushing and supporting the bill through, it's just amazing news after a year of such hard work. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised in a way that, that you got that reaction that you did get from the police and that there isn't already some kind of statute covering covering this, you know? It's kind of, at the very least, it's invasion of privacy, surely. It's a, uh, it's a sort of lewd act to commit in public, isn't it? Yeah, so it comes under outraging public decency currently, which is a 100-year-old common law. Right. Um, but that basically is a law that says that the public have had to see something lewd or indecent happen to someone and completely just disregards it being a crime with a victim. Mm. More importantly... Um, you can't prosecute the, the people who do this as sex offenders and it has to satisfy a whole list of things, for instance, two or more people saw it and all this. So it's just, you know, every instance of it just can't be prosecuted. So that's what we've been trying to change. And I think what you've highlighted is we are really in a technological age, aren't we? And I think that there's real gaps in, in quite a few different places, actually, in terms of the law and how we live our life now, because you know, whether it's harassment or abuse. And, you know, I've had instances where I've really been surprised that there's not more that the police can do about things. And it's because the law hasn't caught up with the technology. It, it, that is, you hit the nail right on the head. That is a, such a huge problem. And, and that was a big conversation we had with um, Lucy Fraser, the minister, a few days ago. And, and they completely recognise that. Uh, it's The law just doesn't catch up with digital technology. And they recognise that, you know, the more technology advances, the worse it's going to get. So they have to set the precedent now. Yeah, indeed. No, exactly right. And what would have been the case, for example, Gina, had you not seen these guys looking at your picture? I mean, you wouldn't really have known that they'd done it, would you? No, and I would have been, along with a lot of other women in that respect, there's a, there's a lot of um, uh, research that basically says that a huge majority of the women this happens to don't know it's happened to them. It's such a secretive assault. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't have known, and maybe someone would have saw it, I would have hoped, and, and alerted me to it, but we weren't having that conversation about upskirting before this campaign, and that's something I'm so yeah. proud about, is now that everyone knows about it, everyone is aware of it, and we're going to change the law, hopefully it'll be a huge deterrent effect for yeah. people to do it. Well, Michelle was saying, and I, and I agreed with her, that if it is something that is going to put you on a sex offender's register, I think people will take that a lot more seriously, even than, you know, kind of the, the, the bad luck of a prosecution. Exactly, I think you're absolutely right. And I mean, even more so the fact that, you know, the, the law was a pub, you know, you've committed a public nuisance. That's, you know, weighing in a field. Or as a friend of mine says, first of all, that's what? That's mm. a nuisance. Um, yeah. So, you know, a nuisance or a sexual offence, well, obviously that's far more serious. So uh, hopefully we'll see. Um, obviously, I want more women to come forward about it. People, women to feel emboldened that they can tell the police it's happened, they feel supported, yeah. but hopefully we see it happening less. But Gina, what, one thing that fascinates me is the mentality of people that would actually think it's an okay thing to do. So do when you confronted the guys, what did what was their justification for doing that? Um, they didn't. They were just completely dev like so angry that they were rumbled. We got into like a physical altercation. They were just screaming at me. Wow. But um, I've spoken to a few people. So that's worse in a way, isn't it? That you were actually then being intimidated by them. Yeah, because, yeah, they just freaked out that they knew that I'd, I'd seen it because they didn't expect me to see it. But I've spoken to a few guys over the internet that have done it who have come forward sort of anonymously to talk to me about it during the whole campaign. Um, and I get the impression from those conversations that it's, they think it's a prank or a joke. And that's the problem is because it's so normalised in the media with paparazzi trying to get pictures of women's skirts getting out of taxis. Holly Willoughby's dealt with it constantly. I've been talking to her a lot. We normalise that kind of, you know, 
so they have an ownership over a woman's body and sexualizing a woman's body without her consent all the time in the media. So these guys just think it's a joke, and that's a big part of what this campaign is, is saying it's not a prank, it's not a joke, it's actual yeah. sexual offence. I was going to say, I mean, do you think it's a sort of a thing for younger men now that, 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 that do it as you know for their own amusement, as it were, But or is it because they've seen those professional paparazzi-type pictures of women getting out of cars slightly, you know, awkwardly and all that kind of thing? And, that, and how is this going to affect those guys? How's, how will this affect the paparazzi? So, yeah, I think it's both of those. It's subliminal messaging, I mean, your entire life about, you know, women in, in the media and how we portray them, but it's also guys who just want to get their kicks. The important thing with this legislation that we've put forward, specifically based on that, your point there, is that it, um, previously, um, there was discussions of it, obviously, it just is covered for sexual gratification. So that's someone who's taking the picture and is going to use it for sexual gratification. Mm. This legislation we put forward covers harassment, alarm, um, and all matter of other scenarios. So it will cover every instance, including if, you know, a paparazzi harasses a celebrity and puts a picture of a camera under a skirt. Right. I've got a, t- a tweet here from somebody called Lizzie who says that it's already illegal, apparently, in Scotland. Are you aware of that? Yeah, 100%. Ten years ago, 2009, they made it a specific offence. OK. So, again, very, very bizarre that they didn't do the same down here. Well, there's a... a yeah, I mean, in Scotland, if I put a... <laughs> I was just going to say, if I put a picture of a guy in a kilt behind me and, and asked what the issue was, you, we would kind of work it out, you know? That's well, funnily enough, that's, I didn't actually read out the, the whole tweet, but the tweet actually says, this text is not cynical, but merely asks, as upskirting is already illegal in Scotland, are males wearing the national dress covered by upkilting? Uh, I'm yes. not sure that we don't want to make fun of it, but I mean, I'm not sure that many women would want pictures of uh, of somebody's uh, somebody's wearing under a kilt, would they? No, but they they um, up kilting is language that's used in discussions in law about it is in it? Scotland. That's yeah, because it's a cultural problem. What's under the kilt? You know, mm. it's, that's not, that's why it came into well, not why, but it's a big discussion that led to it becoming um, a specific event in Scotland. So yeah. I mean, we've been wearing skirts in England all this time, so definitely it's ready to be made on here too. Very weird, isn't it? How strange. It's yeah. like the old, the old joke about, um, which my father used to tell about um, when people would say, well, is anything worn under the kilt? To which the answer is no, it's all perfectly good in working order, thank you. <laughs> Ridiculous. But, oh, yeah. but fair play it's to mad, you. Um, fair play to you, Gina, for actually progressing this because I think a lot of a lot of people, if this had happened to them, they'd probably be angry mm. and then you know life would just move on. So I think well done to you for actually having the tenacity to actually say, do you know what, no, this is wrong and, and fighting to get things changed. Thank you so much. It's been a really mad ride and it's, it's been really hard, but we're really close and there's a bit of work to do, but we're getting there. And have you been able to get your hands on the original picture that was taken of you and have it sort of destroyed, as it were? Um, well, that's the thing. The police deleted it when I took the phone to them. They deleted my evidence immediately. So, oh, okay. no. no, I didn't. But, um, no, I'm, I mean, that, and also it's not about me anymore. You know, it, in my case, sort of three days later. So this has been about all the women who have messaged me and all the girls and hopefully it changes for them. No, sure. Well, Gina, listen, thank you very much indeed. Amazing uh, to see such a quick result, really, because sometimes these things can take decades and decades. So you've done very, very well indeed. Uh, Gina Martin there, who has campaigned for uh, a long time, but not as long as you might think, uh, to get this upskirting law brought in. And it looks as though it's going to be made into the Voyeurism Offences Bill, which is expected to pass through uh, the House of Commons on Friday. They're still banging the drum for the Jazz Fest. This is Reverend and the Makers, apparently. Still not really, really convincing me to go up to uh, uh, very close to Wood Green, I think it is, White Hart Lane area, 
uh, for a sort of comedy special because they're not very funny, most of these people in the Labour Party, I'm afraid. Good song, that, though, isn't it? Do you like that one? Mm, I I'm do not. Like that I don't one. think I know it, actually. I'm Reverend, I don't know Reverend and Makers. But anyway, uh, you can tweet us, of course, at Talk Radio. You can text us uh, to 87222. Text the word talk. That will cost you uh, 25p per message on top of your standard network rate. Or, of course, you can ring us 0344 499 I'm going to hear in a moment from Michelle about some of the comments that have appeared underneath this flag video, which has been made in Bermondsey and a council estate where there's literally a flag on practically every window that you look at. But let's go to the phones. Nigel uh, is up in Temple Fortune in North London. Hi, Nigel. Good morning, guys. Well, I, I just find this whole story astonishing. Why is it we can't be proud to be English and, and get behind our flag and behind our team? I live in the US, in the United Kingdom, in America. The kids swear allegiance to the flag every day. The flag, you can fly from your house, from gas stations, wherever you are in America, they're flying flags. But here... This government, previous government, the mayor for London, and anyone else thinks it's nationalistic, it's too patriotic, and they find it distasteful. You know what? I'm proud to be English. That's tough. Well, that's the funny thing, isn't it? Because when you see, I don't know if you've seen this little video that somebody's made in Bermondsey. Um, The guy who's made the video and who's talking over it, we can't play it because he swears an awful lot and it doesn't Mm. sound particularly edifying. However, um, there is a kind of part of me that when I see that many flags, I slightly... Um, recoil. Do you know what I mean? I don't mean that I have any problem with the flag being flown. I have really, I'm, I'm surprised that I'm not seeing more of the flags being flown. But when you see it done to that extent, it sort of looks a little bit intimidating. Well, yeah, I, but I, I, I disagree with you because it's a part of London that is proud to be English. Yeah, it's you very know, close you know, to where I, I, I live, in fact. Have you seen that video, Nigel? I have seen Look, Let me tell you where I'm coming from. I'm white, I'm Jewish. I've got a black girlfriend, so I, I'm 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 completely flag flying for everybody. So <laughs> why can't we fly a flag? You know what? Why can't we be proud to be English? Embrace you know. There's lots of people here. My girlfriend's black, but she's English. She's born here. So why can't we be proud to be English? Why can't we be proud to be behind our team, support our team, and support our country? Well, some people might say, Nigel, that I'm afraid some of those people who have kind of claimed the flag as their own would say to your girlfriend that they don't think she is English. Well, that's another story, and I, I understand that. But you know what? I, I think that it's, it, 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 it's, it's coming here where it's gone political correct and it's gone bonkers. In America, I can fly a flag from my house. And I said something really funny. I've just written to my local council, which is Barnet Council, and said, can I erect, can I, can I erect a 36-foot flagpole in my front garden and fly four different flags? I'm waiting for the answer. I know what the answer is going to be. No. Right. I bet you anything you like. No, I know. And as you know from going to America as much as you do, Nigel, not only is the American flag very much on display, but it's unusual if you go to a small town not to see a flagpole outside every house. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. They are proud to be American. Why can't we be proud to be English? Do you know what's interesting as well? If you go to Scotland, there's a lot more um, uh, flags of St Andrew flying up there than there are some flags of St George flying down here. Mm, I, I just find it astonishing. I, and I don't know why it's, for instance, like the Royal Mail, other tri- other government departments can't have you know, little flags on them and say, let's get behind our England our England team. Let's boost the country. We need, we, we need a boost. We've had a, a year or two of real bad news in this country. We need some good news for a change. But then when there is an occasion like a, a royal wedding or whatever, people do come out mm. with their flags. And if there's a street party, you know, there is the flags flying, but isn't there? There is a difference because they're flying the Union flag. Mm. And do you, do you think in your mind, Nigel, that people have um, a different view of the two flags, that the Union flag somehow is OK, but the flag of St George isn't? Yeah, there, there, there is a difference. It's interesting, for instance, 
that the um, in, in London we have the St. Patrick's Day Parade, which is fantastic. It's great. But the uh, St. George's Day Parade is a much smaller affair. Mm. And why should it be? You know, we don't even have a St. Andrew's Day, Day Parade, do we? Or a St. David's Day Parade. So at the end of the day, I think that we should embrace our flag. It shouldn't be taken by extreme groups to, for their own nasty purposes, of course. But we should be allowed to have a flag to fly and be proud. And this is a, an occasion where the countries galvanise, hopefully, together to support us. Now, you know, I come across as being such a great football fan. I'm not the biggest football fan in the world, but we, we must support our English team. We, 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 they need our support. They need to be boosted for every game. I hope they're going to do very well. Absolutely right. Nigel, thanks very much for the call. A mid-morning dance with the devil. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. We're going to go now uh, to a very interesting place called Gooseford Farm in Devon, where they make uh, Devon uh, milk and cream, I'm sure, to talk to Charlotte Cunningham because she is the proud owner of Char, uh, who's just been voted Britain's sexiest cow. Charlotte, a very good morning to you. Welcome. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Now, this is quite an accolade, I would imagine. Uh, One out of uh, 39 other animals, so 40 animals altogether, uh, being judged in exactly what way? Um, I think it's just basically on looks, who was kind of the the prettiest, who who struck the judges the most. Right. And is she a particularly pretty cow? She is very pretty. She's beautiful. She's a Jersey cow and she's got lovely long eyelashes. How how does this... work how what is the process of entering your animal what judging criteria what do you win well i have no idea but um it was a it's a seed breeder called ragt they ran the competition they launched it on valentine's day and it came up on my newsfeed on social media and i thought that's hilarious i'll send my cow in she's very pretty didn't really think very much of it and then I got a um, a message uh, a week ago saying, oh, we're really pleased to tell you she's won by a landslide victory and she wins a photo shoot and we win a spa weekend for two. So very good competition. Spa weekend for two, that'd be nice. You can't yeah. take a cow, presumably, though, can you? No, so she gets her photo shoot. Ah, right. And, I mean, as far as the uh, the competition is concerned, um, when how many people judged it, and was it was it voted by the general public? Is I mean, did everybody get to look at her and see whether she was actually that pretty? Um, it was judged, I think, by somebody from the company. Um, I think that the MD from the company, and also a chap who's a cattle steward, I think, um, who sort of judges judges cattle at shows around the country. So, kind of knows what he's talking about. So it kind of made it even more exciting that right. she um, she won. Where can we see this cow? Um, you can see her at Goosford Farm, which is in Devon, and um, we run a and b so you can come and meet her and stay, and, yeah, we can we can arrange for a little meet and greet with, with her. Oh. Meet and greet? Is that, does that cost more money than, the, than just a regular B&B package? Oh, it, it might be something we should look into. <laughs> you could do that as well. And what about, is there, have you got, like, a, a Twitter account or anything like that where people could look and, and, and see pictures of her? Um, yeah, we've got um, Goose Farm B&B. If you have a look on that, on Twitter and Facebook, you will be able to see lots of pictures I'm of I'm going to have a look right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and we're, we we decided maybe it's time that the farm has their own sort of 
Facebook page now to to give her the promotion she deserves. But well, yeah, you well, yeah, want... because I mean, obviously, with 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 something like this, what you want to do is turn uh, the cow char into a sort of a, a, a public figure, really, don't you? So you yeah, can have her doing things, so. you know, like char <laughs> goes for a walk, and you know, char. She could jumps... be an Instagram sensation. Yeah, char jumps yeah. through a hoop or something like that. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we just, could it's... be your agent. We could, yeah. I mean, we're full of ideas. Yeah. What about uh, what about what she does? Nor is she like a dairy cow? Yeah, we're it's a dairy farm here, so yeah, she um she obviously we milk her, and being a Jersey cow, she's got um her milk's got a higher butter fat percentage, so it's creamy, which is really good. Oh, for, very nice. So the milk, the milk, the milk goes to a Devon supplier, which um well, keeps it all sort of in the county, and they make milkshakes with it. So yeah, it's um, called Moo Milk. Um, so. So yeah, you can you can buy some of our milk in. Oh wow! Milkshake. So it's like a sort of organic milk farm then. Uh, no, we're we're um, just a, just a conventional, but we uh, they uh, sell the farm sells to um, a local supplier here, and he buys milk from Devon, and okay. they they turn that into a number of products. One of them being Moo Milkshake. So um, yeah, so you you can taste her milk there. Very interesting. And what sort of age is she? And what sort of age do dairy cattle sort of live till? Well, they can they can live on and on, but she's oh, she is three. pretty, isn't she? We're looking at the picture as we speak. <laughs> Who's the bloke with the beard? It's her fiance. Oh, is that your, is that who yeah. you're going on the spa weekend with? <laughs> yes. Well, he thinks this now means he's Britain's sexiest farmer, but I've told yeah. him that's not quite the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be a different award for pay, pay, pay for a different time. So, sorry. So, how old is she? She's three. She's just had her second baby. Um, so yeah. So, so now we're now we're trying to keep the family. You know what what might hold for for the babies as they come through. All oh, right. I'm just showing Mike the uh, the runner up. Yeah, the runner up. I like the hairy, the, the sort of the yeah. um, the Highland cattle version. That's who. That's what I kind of thought would win because there was loads and loads. They're of really beautiful. I used to live in. They Sc- are. I used to live in Scotland, and and you know you can see these Highland cattle everywhere. That and one is cute. Isn't, Bonnie, isn't, yeah. Yeah, Bonnie is that. She is really lovely. I mean, you'd yeah. want her as a pet, mm. wouldn't you? Yeah, Bonnie is very oh, cute. A runner up. Mm. So how yeah, long yeah. how long would you expect Charles to live for? I'm sorry to ask you that question, but. You know. <sighs> A long time now. She's going to get special treatment. We've, you know, we've said she will have regular vet treatment and visits, right. and she will have VIP treatment now. Keep keep her here as long as possible. But okay. they, you know, they are a happy life. They live outdoors. Um, got all the space to sort of roam the roam Dartmoor, which is where the farm is. Very so nice. Yeah, they they should live for a long, long time. So yes, yeah, it's, it's good. It's a very, very nice good. part of the world. I used to follow actually a a woman who was a dairy farmer on uh, on Twitter, and she used to get some terrible abuse. I'm sorry to go back to the old Twitter abuse again. From yeah. vegans and people who said that you know dairy farming was cruel and all of that. Do you get any sort of nonsense like that coming your way? I have a bit. Um, we have in not the farm, but you know personally, I, I'm an agricultural journalist. So sometimes maybe the things I write or if I share pictures, they they're not a fan. But you know, you can't please everybody really all di- of the time. No, you can't, and it's a really difficult situation. And you know, our answer is please come and have a look at at the farm, and you'll see. You'll see what we do, and you'll see it's not cruel. They're they're well looked after. Half of them have got names, um, so you know they know them on a on an individual basis. Which cows, which it's not, it's not a cruel as cruel as it's made out to be. There no. are admittedly people that that let the team down, as there is in every industry. But you know, it's um it's a wonderful industry to be in, and it's very rewarding, and it's. You know what? What more could you ask them to spend all your day outdoors with lovely animals like like we've no, got? No, indeed. And do do they make uh, special uh, cheese from from Charles' milk as well? 
No, maybe this is something we're going to have to There you go. Yeah. See, another yeah, idea. Maybe, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm coming out with all this stuff that's going to make you a load of money in the future. Yeah, yeah there you the go. Op- the options are endless now. You know, there's talks of calendars and things like that. So, calendars, you know, yeah. Yeah, we've, uh, yeah there's, she's opened a lot of doors for us. So, yeah, we're very, very proud of her. I remember when I was a kid, we used to go on holiday to... Um, uh, to Italy, and uh, they used to have these planes that would fly over the beach and drop um, little bits of um, cheese wrapped up in little parachutes, <laughs> and it was called the Laughing Cow, La Vache Kiri. Oh, wow. yeah. um, so maybe you could try something like that. I don't know. Wow. He's absolutely full of ideas. Oh, I know. You, you need to You need to get him onto your team, Charlotte. It's a harness me up and just you make use <laughs> of me as much as you can. And we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It's a lovely part of the world, I must say, down there. And what about uh, the size of the, sort of the herd that you have? Are they all jerseys? No, we've got mates. We've got Holsteins, um, Frisians, so we've got some black and whites. We've got some jerseys as well. So, so yeah, we've got a bit of a mixed bag, but um, it's a brand-new dairy. They started, they went into dairy last year. They were beef and arable farmers before, and there's about 400, um, 400 cows, and, and then we've got all the young stock. We, they rear all the calves here, so, you know, lots of babies and then, then the main milking herd as well. So lots to keep us all busy with. On your um, Twitter, Charlotte, you say you are a townie turned agriculture enthusiast. <laughs> what made you change? This sounds like quite a change in lifestyle. It's a huge change in lifestyle. I, growing up, sort of, I didn't know what farming was. I didn't know how often you had to milk a cow. I used to confuse sheep and cows. I couldn't tell them apart. And um, I joined That's my local. No, it's really, really bad. And I joined my um, my friend uh, Bao took me to um, Young Farmers when I was about sixteen, and I kind of got hooked. And you know that, and I grew up in a rural area, despite sort of not having any of that knowledge. And I think actually everyone should know where their food comes from, and everyone should know, you know, everyone eats, everyone drinks. You, you know, you should know where it comes from, and it's a really great industry to be in. So then I went off and studied. A degree in it, and um, yeah, it went went from there. So is that where you met the world's uh, sexiest farmer? I did. I met him at a young farmer's speed dating night. Oh wow! Young farmer's speed. Now, something Maybe I need try. to get, get myself over speed there. Dating. <laughs> it's a great dating agency. It really is. Right. So right. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a note of that one. And when are you getting married <laughs> to the world's sexiest farmer? Uh, next year. So um, we got year. got a bit of time to um, to focus on our sexiest cow first. So um, <laughs> is there any yeah, role for char at the wedding? Well, I think there might be. We're um, training her. Uh, she's got. A, she had a little calf in um, the spring. She's called Sassy, right. and she's being hold trained at the moment, so she can walk as if she was sort of a pet. So, so um, <laughs> wow, yeah, so they, they might have to make an appearance. Yeah, you could maybe walk down the aisle with the rings or something. Absolutely. Like that. Or you absolutely. could, or you could ride off into the sunset on it. Oh, you're very creative. Oh, I really yeah, am, aren't yeah. I? See, people <laughs> don't know this about me, but I've got amazing numbers of ideas. Listen, Charlotte, congratulations, well done. Which Thank is the spa? Where, go- where are you going for the spa weekend? I don't know yet. I'm waiting to hear. So, um, yeah, so we wait to hear about when, when Charles' photo shoot will be and when we're off for, for the weekend. So I will keep you updated. Very good. Thank you very much indeed. Charlotte Cunningham there uh, from uh, down in Devon, uh, where the world's sexiest cow has just been named. It's Friday, so it's time for this. The 2018 Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. Welcome to the Perrier Awards, where every week we'll cast our ears back over the past week of the so-called Independent Republic of Mike Graham and pick out all of our favourite moments. Unfortunately, Katie Perrier couldn't uh, herself be here, so she's trusted me, Michelle Dubry, to take the reins. So let's begin. And by the way, um, I wish that you could all see how happy 
Mike looks right now. He looks very happy with himself. I am happy. Yeah, that's good. It's nice to be happy. Right, so the first award, which is the, the Perrier for Malfunctioning Mouth, of course, that goes to Mike Graham. No, it's like, no. Cargo, all this Listen, kind of we can all play, lorries no, and we can all play Dover. the lorry. These we can all play the lorry. Really, really difficult. Lorry? I said, what I wanted to say was you can all play the Rick, lawyer. Lorry, yellow. Lorry, lorry. Yeah, just really keep well. saying words at me and I was just going to repeat them back to you. Uh, do you know when somebody says a word to you, you just say it right back to them? That's mm. what I said. I don't know why I said it. I don't Shocking. know why you said it, but there you go. You've got the award. Next award is for idea of the week. Um, that goes to this tweeting listener for this idea. I'm already taking your calls on what to do with the jihadis. I've got a great uh, tweet, actually, which has summed it all up oh, in yeah. the first hour. He said, I've got the answer. Says, talk quick. Send all the jihadis to Love Island. <laughs> I mean, you know, the jihadi idea. island. That would, that would work quite well. Yeah. Uh, then we could keep an eye on them by having them under surveillance on television 24 hours a day. And it's quite a good idea, though, I have to say. It's quite a good idea, mm. actually. Mm. Yeah, I've never watched Love Island. Jihadi Island. Yeah, I've never watched Love Island. Um, okay, um, every week on the Perry Awards, we stress that this show is Speech Radio's Bastion for Debate. So this week, the Important Issues Award goes Mike and Katie. Go- Listeners, okay, I'm reading from a script. And I was reading so well that yes. I read it word for word. Did you? Yes. And right. there was a word missing. So I take no responsibility right for that too. little slip See, up. that's always the risk that you run when you let somebody else write the stuff exactly, for you. Especially exactly. Especially if they're illiterate. It made no sense. Anyway, this week, the Important Issues Award goes to Mike and Katie for this debate. I mean, you know, boob jobs on the NHS. There's a whole new story. Yeah, I don't but you can get those on the grounds that, you know, it's somehow medically required because they're too big and they hurt. You know, it's ridiculous. No, no, that's not a boob job. That's a boob reduction. Well, it's still a job, isn't it? No, 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 no. A boob job is a boob job when you get given... Oh, so new, what, a boob new, job new is only an increase? Yeah. That's why no, I that's not always. It. No, it's I don't boob agree. Reduction. Oh, I don't agree. I think she's wrong about that, isn't she? No, she's right. Is she? Yeah. Well, a boob job is always a reduction or an no. increase. No, what she's saying is that when you're getting a, a breast reduction, yeah. that's a breast reduction ah. for medical reasons normally. Right. A boob job right. is something that you would get you, to I make think yourself... This is, I think this is a women-only uh, thing. I think men refer to a boob job as anything to do with boobs, basically, right. in, in, and a surgeon. Oh, you're simplistic creatures, aren't you? Oh, we are very simple. Yes. Carry on. Me. Okay, right. So not only do we cover the most important issues, our presenters are also the cream of the crop when it comes to their insights. So this week for expert analysis, the winner goes to Daisy McAndrew. 15,000 security and police at every single game. That sounds so like a lot. Y- <laughs> wow, is that it? I was, uh, I was yeah. waiting for some she, very... You know, this is a woman who used to be the economics editor at ITN. Yes, 15,000 know. does indeed sound like a lot. It's it is a lot. the Diane Abbott Award, that It one. is a lot. 15,000, please, was he saying, yeah. every match? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it is a lot. Yeah, well, it's Russia, you know. They've got mm. plenty of police. Well, indeed. Um, anyway, the next Perry Award goes to our earlier guest, Professor Frances Mayer. She wins the Couldn't Care Less Award. Thank you very much for joining us. You're in Glasgow, I see. Yes, I am. My former uh, home, I used to live up there. In fact, my, both my parents are from Glasgow, so I have a very soft spot for the place. All right, good. Yeah, <laughs> I thought she was a bit underwhelmed by that. I mean, normally in Scotland, people are very friendly. Mm. She's an academic, of course. I've been bashing the academics this week. Yeah, I don't think she really cared where no, you she your really did. I don't think she was very impressed with me generally. Oh. Um, <laughs> right, Mike's going to get the next award for the most obvious moment to be included in this week's Perrier Awards. <laughs> I actually used to have a World Cup, Willie. It was a little... Um, <laughs> it was a little... Uh, well, listen, I know that's going to make the Perrier Awards. Um, but it was like a little thing. Uh, it was like a little monkey or bear, I think he was. Um, and it was for the World Cup, I think, in You 19- had a World Cup, Willie, that looked like Cup. a bear. 
Yes. Okay. 19- this is going from bad to worse. Oh, no, you know I'm sorry. That. I'm sorry. 19, I think it was 1974 <laughs> World Cup, which I think was in Sounds Germany. Sounds quite 70s. Um, yeah, and it was on a sort of, it was like a little thing on a plinth, but it had a ball bearing so you could roll it around. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you just need to stop. I know. In your head. It's stop. difficult, though, when you're on the radio, because if you stop, then there's no noise coming out. Indeed, indeed. Oh, you could have just changed the subject. Moved, I could have done. Well, we along. did in the end. Yeah, moved along. Right, listener Anthea in Essex is going to get the next one for um, best guesstimate of the week I'm probably a similar age to well actually maybe I'm not maybe I shouldn't be rude maybe I'm a similar age to Mike I'm in my early 50s and <laughs> I'll take when we that. were <laughs> yeah I'll take that as I said thank you uh, is she right uh, not quite uh, similarly somewhere in the same decade okay right anyway we're always impartial to the odd impression on these awards and winning the Perrier for best award is Mike Graham for this clip taken from when he was discussing dogs and he decided to do his best take on well I'm going to leave you to guess what is I'm coming up a little bit later on this hour we're going to be talking about going to the dogs the Royal Ascot dogs <laughs> that is uh, the horse racing apparently uh, is now going to be run by sniffer dogs as well. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's just a hay fever issue for me. I'm being victimised <laughs> now because I had the same problem at the start of this hour. My throat occasionally just goes really dry. Oh. Because it's something to do with the air in here. That was quite a good impression of Scooby-Doo. It wasn't meant though. to be, though. It was, it yeah. was. Anyway, um, not only is he doing Scooby-Doo, um, he's also won the Perrier Award for Best Tribute Act. This morning, they're all up in arms about the fact that as he walked off, the pitch, he stuck his middle finger up to the camera. I've seen that. Yeah. Why, though? Why did he do that? Well, because he thinks he's cool, doesn't he, Robbie? I mean, wow. you know, Bob, Robbie's like the guy next door who thinks he's bad and mm. he keeps walking around going, I'm bad. You're not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> He wasn't bad either, was he, Michael Jackson, really? No. What do you win, then? Hey? What do you win? What, what do you mean? Won? I've won the Perrier Awards, haven't I? Again, yeah, but I win them every week. Don't you have, like, a little trophy? I thought I was expecting to hand over... Yeah, I get this like little a... bear on a plinth that rolls around on a... With on a ball, ball Yeah, on a ball bearing, yeah. Oh, you just win the glory. That's right. It's just... I just know I just know that I've had another glorious week. You've won the right to buy me a drink. There we are. OK, show. I will buy you a drink more than happily. The 2018 Perrier Awards on Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio, via DAB, online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.